Last week, a court ruling determined that white men are now a protected minority. <laughs> yes, I'm dead serious. It's a big deal, actually, and it's highly problematic. I have to unpack and explain for you why it's such a big deal and the impact that this decision could end up having. Let's dig in. We'll jump in head first. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. Last Wednesday, quietly, the 3rd District Court of Appeals in Florida issued a decision that really hasn't made the news yet. It will make the news. At the root of this opinion that they issued is something that I'm going to have to circle back on with our final segment at the end of today's show. But this decision that the court made and issues like this are really why we started the North Star and why we launched this podcast because some of the biggest, most important, most impactful issues in our nation just don't get the coverage they deserve. They happen under the radar. And let me break this one down for you. Break it down. In Miami, Florida, a man named Timmy Beal was accused of stealing a car, driving without a license, and reckless driving. And the jury actually ended up dropping the grand theft auto charge, and they ended up convicting Timmy Beal of trespassing and reckless driving, which were two lesser offenses. And it was actually a pretty good break for Beal. But something really, really interesting happened during the jury selection. And 99.99% of the time, when something like this happens, it's never appealed and the public never, ever hears about it. We almost never get a glimpse into the actual jury selection process. But this just so happens to be that one-tenth of one percent that happens to see the light of day. When juries are chosen for a case, something called a jury panel is formed. Now, a jury panel can be 40 to 60 potential jurors that are normally chosen at random by computer software, and states use different types of computer software that just basically cycles through the eligible jurors and then randomly, it says, randomly chooses 40 to 60 of them. And prosecutors and defense attorneys then have a process where they fight it out to select their 12 jurors from that pool of 40 to 60 jurors. They'll normally fight it out and pick their 12 primary jurors and a few alternates from that pool of 40 to 60 in total. And I have to admit that the entire process is really weird and it's full of major problems. Even how those initial 40 to 60 jurors are chosen by the software is weird and problematic. But when prosecutors and defense attorneys begin to argue for their top 12 jurors, lots of strange stuff goes down. And I should do a whole episode on that process because it's really one of the dirty little secrets of this nation. And the defense and prosecution that go back and forth arguing for and against certain jurors, 
until they whittle that jury panel, the jury pool, from 40 to 60, all the way down to 12. So in this case of Timmy Beal, the prosecution said they wanted to strike down juror number 14, and they wanted juror number 14 removed from contention. And normally, that would happen. It it would have happened without an interjection. But the defense then said something that's about as 2019 as 2019 gets. The defense objected to striking down juror number 14, who we later come to know only as Mr. Weiser. We don't have his first name. The defense objected to striking down juror number 14, and the defense objected before the judge to striking down Mr. Weiser, saying that you can't strike down juror number 14, Mr. Weiser, because he comes from a protected class of people. And the judge, I read the transcript, the judge was weirded out, and the prosecution was weirded out. And you can tell in the transcript that the prosecutor and the judge is like, protected class of people. And the defense said that the juror, juror number 14, Mr. Weiser, came from a protected class of people. And the judge and the prosecution both stumped, asked the defense exactly which protected class of people does he belong to? And you're not going to believe their answer. White men. (laughs) Yes. The defense said, hey, you cannot strike juror number 14 because he comes from, in essence, a protected class of minorities, and you cannot strike down this protected class. And the judge is like, hold on, what protected class? And the defense said that white men belong to a protected class of people. Now, to clarify what that means, all the way back in the 1860s, right at the end of slavery as we know it, the courts started making rulings to protect oppressed and marginalized group of people, which are not white men, okay? They started making rulings and issuing opinions to protect oppressed and marginalized groups of people, including black folk and other people of color and women. And inherent in those court rulings for the past 150 years is that in this nation, there is one group of people, white men, who don't need extra protections because the entire system was built from the ground up to benefit them. But that other people actually do need extra protections because the system was actually built to oppress and marginalize them. This system that, and I I referenced this on yesterday's podcast, many of us are no longer calling this the justice system. There's so little justice or even the criminal justice system. We're calling it the legal system. This legal system was designed to uphold and protect one type of person, white men, and was designed in many different ways and thousands of ways to oppress and marginalize anybody not in that group. So when the defense said that white men belong to a protected class of marginalized people, the judge in this case was stumped. And I'm going to read a quote from the judge 
when the defense said, nope, you can't strike juror number 14, uh, he's from a protected class of people. And then when the defense said that class of people is white men, here's what the judge said. And this is a quote. No, it's not a protected class. Stop right there. It's not a protected class. Okay. That's still the quote. So your challenge is not a proper challenge. End of quote. Again, the judge says, no, white men are not a protected class. And the judge literally says, stop right there. And the judge then allowed the juror to be struck down. And they moved forward. They selected the jury. And that jury convicted Timmy Beal. As we said, they dropped the grand theft auto charge, convicted him of lesser crimes. And it wasn't a bad deal. But Beal appealed his conviction. And I'm fine with that. I'm not here. Listen to me. I'm not here to advocate for more jail time or any jail time for a man who made a stupid, nonviolent mistake, who appeared to have gotten in a car, drove around in the car a little bit and got caught. Like, do we really need to spend tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars sending that man to jail or prison? I don't think so. Give Timmy Beal some support and let that man move on. But Timmy Beal and his attorneys appealed his conviction saying that he didn't get a fair trial because white men belong to a protected class of people and that the white man who was struck from the jury should have been protected. And I'm about to scream because guess what happened? Timmy Beal on July 24th of 2019, one week ago, actually won his appeal. His conviction was thrown out. He was granted a new trial. He will more than likely still be convicted and whatever on that. But he was granted a new trial because the court determined something that they've literally never determined before. And the judge understood this and even the prosecutor understood this. The appeals court determined. Wait for it. And this is an official decision. The appeals court determined that white men belong to a class of people that deserve extra protections before the court. I'm dead serious. It's preposterous. This phrase, protected class of people, was literally created to protect people from white male power. That phrase and the thousands of laws and decisions and opinions behind it, that phrase was designed to give balance and fairness to a system that was never built to be either balanced or fair. And here's what happens when white men are then determined to be a new protected class of people. What that basically means is that now nobody is protected. If the single most powerful, most privileged group of people in this nation are now preposterously determined to need special protections under the law, the net effect is that nobody gets special protections. And that's what's so problematic. White men don't need one single extra protection in this country. No group is already more protected. No group has more power, more wealth, more position, more status, more control. And in the three years Trump has been in office, 
he has single-handedly nominated more judges to federal district courts and appeals courts where this decision was just made. No president has successfully nominated more people to those courts than Trump has done in three years. Most presidents don't get as many judges onto the court in two full terms. And guess what? Trump's judicial nominees have been fast-tracked through the Senate, approved over and over and over again because conservatives control the Senate and they are approving his nominees at a record pace, which takes me to today's action step. All right? Action, 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 steps, take action, 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 steps. Today, I'm about to give all the listeners of The Breakdown a sneak peek into the work of the action pack that we're going to be announcing publicly very, very soon, but we're working furiously behind the scenes on this. Listen, defeating Donald Trump matters. It's a huge deal. The man is an open bigot. He's a liar, a racist, misogynist, and he's a dangerous man in so many ways, and he absolutely needs to be defeated. And I've endorsed a candidate for president, and I encourage you to do the same thing. And do what I've tried to do. You don't have to endorse my candidate, but I have tried to throw my heart and soul behind a candidate and and their campaign. And I would love for you to do the same thing. Listen, find somebody, find a candidate that you believe in, that you believe can beat Trump, and then throw your heart and soul into it. But behind the scenes, the team at the Action Pack is actually building a campaign to flip the Senate. It's not going to be easy. It's going to take everything we've got. We're going to have to literally fight in all 50 states. But in my opinion, flipping the Senate is as important, if not more important, as any political fight in front of us. If Democrats had already flipped the Senate, they could have stopped Trump from causing so much harm. And can I be real? I don't trust established Democrats to do this on their own. Democrats in the Senate somehow found a way to lose Senate seats in 2018 during the blue wave. And if this happens, if we are able to flip the Senate, we are going to be the ones to make it happen. Do you hear what I'm saying? And I want you to join the team that's going to flip the Senate because it's going to require that we have all hands on deck. To join that team, you can go right now to theactionpack.com. That's the action, P-A-C, theactionpack.com. And when you get there, you can sign up to volunteer. You can make your donation. You can follow at the Action Pack on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we need to plan on flipping the Senate because without the Senate, even if Trump won re-election, he couldn't stack these courts. He couldn't stack the Supreme Court. He could not. He cannot do it without the Senate. And so imagine for a moment, and, and I hate to even ask you to imagine this, if Trump does win the presidency and wins the Senate, 
he's absolutely going to be nominating more Supreme Court justices and hundreds of more judges to the bench that will make foolish decisions just like the one that I shared. Let's defeat Trump and flip the Senate. And to do that, we're going to need all hands on deck. Go now to theactionpack.com to join what we're building. Thank you all for making it all the way through this episode of The Breakdown. And if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, we'll be right back here every single weekday breaking down important news stories and issues. And we'd love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or Catchbox or any podcast platform that you love. And please, please share this podcast with your friends and family because our next big goal is to get to 100,000 subscribers and we're not going to get there without you. Have you left a review yet? Because on Apple Podcasts, we are almost at 10,000 five-star reviews, but we still need to hear from you to cross that big milestone of ours. Thank you, of course, to the nearly 30,000 founding members of the North Star whose generosity even makes this podcast possible. We love and appreciate each of you so very much. And if you love this podcast and you want to support our work or you want to see the show notes and transcripts for each episode, we'd love it if you'd consider becoming a founding member of our community at thenorthstar.com. There we not only have our podcast, but hundreds of original articles and stories and commentaries from some of the leading scholars and thinkers and journalists in the world. Lastly, a shout out to our entire team, our associate producer, Lissandra, to our editor-in-chief, Keisha Blaine, to Jeff, our podcasting director, to Richard, and our senior producer, Willis, for their hard work on this and every episode. Take care, everybody. Break it down.